on SEM Plus. Welcome to the Breakfast Stable. Good morning, Melbourne. It's three minutes past seven. Welcome to the breakfast stable. My name is Jack Muller and I've got a couple of my stable mates with me. There's only three of us here in the studio this morning. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! We didn't have to run for a chair this morning. It wasn't like musical chairs like it is every week because we're missing Uncle Frank. This week, he's over in Perth, and Pete, you're having a bit of a chuckle to yourself. <laughs> Pete Hilkey, why is that? <laughs> you know, he's going to be listening. Okay, well, Frank Cacciano, I just want to say this. Liverpool to Tottenham Hotspur 0 mm. in Real Madrid do you think he'll, Do you think he'll be crying? Oh, mate, he's going to be in tears. Oh, gosh. Well, he's got a week to get over it before he's back in the studio, and the two of you kind of need to work out how to be friends again. So anyway, good morning to Uncle Frankie if you're listening. And we're also missing our beautiful Catherine Sabazio, aren't we, Helen Riser? We are. Good morning. Morning, darling. How are you? <laughs> yes, a little little weary this morning. Oh, I know, you poor thing. You've been running around. I'm running con- around all over town. Uh, country, <laughs> we- Vi- country Victoria included. Yes, Phillip Island last night oh, for uh, Darren Mort's book launch yes. at... Um, the beautiful Phillip Island Winery, and uh, we were launching Tommy and Tiger Terry. Oh, we had him in here a couple yes, of weeks couple ago, mm. and he was talking about launching the book. Um, and it's yeah, it was absolutely amazing. We had another launch event on Thursday night at Parliament mm-hmm. House, yes, which was absolutely beautiful. Mm. And um, one more launch party to go. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the the trailer, oh. the, the trailer, I must admit, yes, it touched me so much because as a little kid. Yes. You play war games, yeah. and I used to do that. And I tell you what, I literally, Vicky looked at me, and I was just melting. Yes. The the trailer, Hello. it's a minute and a half, or maybe even less. And this it's is for the, the little movie. boy. It's this is well, we've we've got the book, and then we're uh, the movie. They start filming this week, and it will um, be launched in August. Uh, it's already been invited uh, 20, uh, 2020 to um, international film festivals, um, have welcomed this movie. It's the first time a story's been told through the eyes of a child mm. on family violence and family separation. The book's quite gentle, but the movie's going to yes. be, the short film's going to be pretty hard-hitting. And the it, what it is is the, the trailer shows um, through the eyes of a child what it's like at handover when uh, one parent hands over the child to another. When they're in that situation and where the parents are separated. They feel they're in a mm. war zone mm. and they're, they're anxious they're, so, and that's what that trailer's about. And the music is um, the most incredible song called It's Mad World. Yes, I love that song. And it's mm. sung by this woman and um, it, it's, it's beautiful. So mm. it, there's no uh, talking in it. All it is is just visual and sound and mm. it's just beautiful. It was filmed in Phillip Island. That's why we did the launch there. Watch there. Well, it sounds amazing, Helen, and we're looking forward to hearing more about that as that happens over the next few months. Um, so we've got a bit, we've got an action-packed show. Even though it's only three of us, we do have guests coming in, which we're very excited about. So we've got 
um, Lance Petroni coming up a little bit later on, who's the uh, CEO um, of the Love Me, Love You Foundation, also former AFL player. And we've also got uh, Lee Chan coming up a bit later in the uh, show yes, too, Helen. absolutely. And she's going to be discussing some weird, wacky and all a bit kind of confronting food <laughs> trends. I know, food trends. Well, she's a food presenter mm. and she's kind of in the know. And uh, I think Pete, Pete and Lee's going to have... Quite a fabulous conversation about that. <laughs> just a tipple, just yeah. a tipple. Yeah. We're going to be talking a lot about food today as well, Petey, because you've been out at the Good Food and Wine Show, and we've got a, a few interesting <laughs> topics we're going to cover off there as well, all to do with what happens at food festivals and maybe some of the not-so-good aspects of it in terms of food etiquette. So we'll get on to that very, very soon. But um, first of all, Pete, me might want to just talk about a little bit about cricket. Yeah, look, the cricket uh, started off. Mm-hmm. England had an, a massive win over South Africa. Yep. Um, absolutely dominated. That catch by Ben Stokes. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. Roll me in tar, feather me, <laughs> throw me into pasture, and I will come flying back because it wasn't that amazing. It was astonishing. I had to watch that about five or six times to try and actually work out how he managed to get his body in that in that position to be able to take that catch on was, the side, that close to the boundary line. Completely freaky, mm. completely and utterly freakness. But I tell you, it was amazing. Yeah, it Absolutely was. Absolutely amazing. And he also, and he also um, uh, hit, uh, was it lazy sort of um, 89 runs as well? Yeah, I know. So, you know, he was, <clears throat> he did really well, excuse me. Um, so that was amazing. Well, I mean, talking about um, in the 80s, um, don't forget Australia overnight, they did beat Afghanistan by seven wickets. Yes. David Warner. 89 runs as yeah. well. There you go. Magic number. And it's good to see him, especially with Smith and Warner coming back into the side. Um, It's a good start for him. Um, However, what we're looking at is New Zealand destroyed Sri Lanka by 10 wickets. Oh, that was extraordinary. Yeah, New Zealand just came out of the blocks there, didn't they? Yeah. Look, they absolutely did. And they'll just continue to come out. I think, look, England are favourites to win it. Um, and I think South Africa then, so it's what, England, Australia, South Africa are third favourites to actually come through and win it. It's going to be interesting, uh, but I tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if England really take this off. Look, they, they are, they are favourites to, to certainly take it, being obviously being on home ground as well. But I think, you know, the Aussies have got an opportunity to really come back and, and prove something with this tournament. They've got six weeks of uh, World Cup cricket to to sort of really work on. And then off the back of that, they've also got the Ashes that they've then got to compete in uh, at the end of July, beginning of August. So uh, I'm sure that both uh, Justin Langer and Ricky Ponting will be really looking to solidify um, the team and making it, you know, something that, when again, Australians can be proud of. So, yeah, look, they're off to a good start, but, you know, they played Afghanistan, so let's just see where the Aussies can go to from here. And um, uh, and then they've got West Indies on Thursday, and West Indies had a big win as well. So that's mm. going to be a slightly harder situation um, on on Thursday for the Aussies. Oh, it's, great. it's great. World Cup, Cup cricket, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, because we, we had the function uh, with KO Sports. Yes, on during... Thursday. Yes. Yeah, Thursday. You and I went off to that. That was fantastic, wasn't it? It was great fun. Uh, catch up with Marcus Harris, Tim Payne. Uh, and Andrew Simons. Andy Simons. Yes. Uh, Mike Hussey as well was and, there. Yes, and Elise Falani, one of yeah. the women, um, Australian women cricketers as well. It was really great to hear their... Uh, rap on the whole thing. Um, Absolutely. And um, I think that, you know, as Mike Hussey said, that, you know, obviously all that preparation 
for the Aussies is going to be key um, for, for this tournament for them. But certainly the fact that, you know, Warner and Smith are back in the team is, you know, hopefully going to just give them that, that burst and that bit of inspiration that they need. So, yeah, look, big, big, big fingers crossed for the Aussies so far. Off to a good start. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And then we also had a footy as well this weekend. So what have we got so far, Petty, that we want to sort of cover well, off with? It's been just been a massive sports weekend, really. Oh, no. Absolutely massive. I mean, but uh, look, I think it really starts off, you you know, Friday night, North Melbourne, that destroyed, and I do call destroy, mm. you know, even though it's by 37 points over the Tigers, yes. um, they, they did them well. Oh, that was so good to see for North, especially considering the fact that... Uh, it was um, one week after uh, the departure of Brad Scott. Um, he wouldn't want to be uh, Brad sitting at home thinking, well, what have I been doing wrong for the past 10 years? But it was great for North for, the, for them to come out and win that, um, win that game on Friday night um, for the new coach there, Rice Shaw. So <laughs> and all I can say, if you're a Collingwood supporter, wow, you'd want to, uh, I'm sure that would have a very strong voice today. Yeah, yeah. After yesterday. Um, that was fascinating. That was just fascinating. Dockers getting over them by four points. Yeah, but the actual touch ball, though. Yeah, I know. It's going to be interesting to see whether they go, oh, well, you know, again. Um, I mean, look, it's, it's over. The game's over. Mm. The points have been awarded. They can't take them away. Um, but that, gee whiz, I'll tell you what. But look at the um, Giants. Well, well we, they, we always knew that they were going to win that game. Um, but, yeah, to do it that way is... 83 points. <laughs> They'd be pretty happy with themselves. But I last night for me, watching that Melbourne game and Adelaide Crows, that was awesome. It was awesome and it was so wonderful to see Melbourne do such a great job through through the whole match. But the way they dropped it in the last quarter and you've just got a feel for Sam Wiedemann this morning, you know, to take a set shot at the front with less than a minute to go. I know. And to be able to kick a goal that would have put them in front by, you know, four points and then to, or three points, to to kick it to the left is heartbreaking for him. I mean, don't forget just prior to that, I think it was Maxi Gorn was having a shot as well. Yes, Um, So they they both unfortunately missed it. But the guy who really turned it up for Adelaide, Eddie Betts, he is an absolute master here at here and now because he is. What a dynamic little player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way he can, I mean, it's almost like he prefers to take the mark, you know, as far to the right or left of the goals as possible just so he can try and get the most obscure angles going. And, yeah, he's, he's a magical player to watch as well. But that was heartbreaking for Melbourne. I really felt sorry. But yeah. I was really pleased to see that Michael Hibbard, obviously back from his collarbone injury, which was a lot sooner than what we were expecting. Um, but, yeah. And then this afternoon you've got St Kilda and Port playing in Shanghai. So I mean, how's how's that? Four players yeah. from the Saints have gone down. Food yeah, and poisoning the coach, and, the coach. and the coach. Thank yeah. you very much. No, that's that's going to be an interesting. Hey, if you need a chef, guys, I'm here. <laughs> I'll be on the next plane out. Come on now. <laughs> and then, of course, you and I are going up against each other this afternoon. Well, not really, but. Jeez, Jack, give it up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you and I are not doing kick to kick because that would be actually quite hilarious to watch. Um, but Carlton and Essendon are playing this afternoon at the MCG, so we may or may not be friends next week either. Oh, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes, but we have uh, got more coming up after the break. You're listening to The Breakfast Table. This is The Breakfast Table on SEM+.
morning, everyone. It is 19 minutes past seven. You're listening to The Breakfast Stable. I'm here with my gorgeous stable mates, Helen Riser and Pete Hilke. <laughs> the coffee's kicked in. Totally. I'm on to my second cup. <laughs> Oh, my God, I think we need to cut off Pete Hilke. I think he's had enough. Um, we're super excited because we have on the line this morning our gorgeous Catherine Savazio. She's, she's coming in from Sydney this morning. Good morning, Catherine. Not too far away. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Good morning. Catherine. Good morning. Oh, darling, Good morning. Now, we're a bit jealous because I know for a fact that you are probably lying in bed in your hotel room right now in your PJs. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> Don't give away my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> so the big question we have to ask uh, is, why are you in a cosy hotel room in Sydney and not in here drinking coffee with the rest of us? <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Look, I flew up here for the Naturally Good Expo I'm presenting this afternoon. Um, but one thing I will say is that I flew up with the women's netball team, Maggie. So oh, I oh, the Diamonds. Healthier. Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing this afternoon at Cedar Space Arena uh, against New South Wales at 1pm. So go pies. Girls were lovely. Oh, very good. They are a good bunch of girls yeah. too. The oh, a lot of Australian netballs. They're all amazing girls, actually, what they do yeah. to be professional actually, sports Actually, before people. I got on the flight, they, they are indeed... Before I got on the flight, I noticed um, there's a couple of people, some airlines are more strict than others with their baggage allowances, etc. And there was one poor lady who got called up for having an overweight bag and she dissolved into tears. And of course, being the mum I am, I ran to the rescue to see if I could take some weight off her and because I didn't, oh. I didn't have a lot of luggage. Oh, um, yeah, I know. And, and she was crying right out. And I just, oh my gosh, my heart went out to her. But uh, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but it's happened to us uh, with one of my girlfriends flying in France, and that was a dilemma. But she was made to pay the excess luggage. She couldn't talk her way out of that one, that's for sure. And this girl actually got let on, which was lovely. I have to say I remember seeing Tiger Airways where you can only take seven kilos to Sydney if you're taking hand. Well, everyone is just emptying their bags and popping it into their pockets, (laughs) wrapping it around their necks, chucking it in their bras. (laughs) The whole toiletry bag I remember someone was putting into their coat. Exactly. (laughs) Wearing four layers of clothes and jumper and coat and jacket. Which is funny. It's very funny. Which is handy because if you are travelling with your kids, you can just load the kids up. Exactly. <laughs> but it doesn't look so exactly, good. Exactly, that's right. It doesn't look so good. Weight evenly. <laughs> it just doesn't look so good if you kid give the kids the duty-free bag of booze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because I fly, I fly so frequently, it doesn't really happen to me. So, I mean, I can. my heart really went out to this lady yesterday. Um, but look, also up here, which was a lovely surprise, I've got an amazing view from my hotel room. And Vivid Sydney is on. So, you know, there's installations at the Rocks and Cecil Key. I walked up to the Opera House and that was beautiful. Darling Harbour was packed with people, families, food. Um, it was really amazing. But from here, I could see the fireworks because I think I, I sent you guys a little uh, snap of it last night. You did. So, really, really lovely time. I know. We were, we were quite happy to get your, your home movies sent up to our little oh, WhatsApp group. Oh, I know. The fireworks had, looked yeah. amazing. And the woman yeah, who's behind so it... Uh, Vivid Sydney um, is the co-producer of Tommy the film that I was talking about earlier. So, um, oh, that's wonderful! I know. It's a very creative, talented woman. So it's well, it was it's wonderful a... to, to get to the actual launch at Government or Parliament House in Melbourne, Helen, 
uh, for the actual book, Tommy, that we had um, wonderful Darren on last week. Yes. That was a really, really exciting um, thing to see it come to life and such a warm reception. Yes, I know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, so oh, you're, and so you're presenting this afternoon, Catherine, you said? I am. I'm presenting on um, trying to help retailers sort of think outside the square and um, get more, um, I guess, more diverse with what they're offering and, and look at the points of difference because retail is really tough at the moment. Mm. Um, there's a big focus on recycling. And, and in fact, I think there was an Etihad flight that just recently flew with um, an aim of reducing their plastic and, and waste. And they, and they got, I think, 50 kilos down compared to their normal. Even us, we are sending more than 600,000 tonnes of recycling waste to China up until um, they ban, banned it last year. Mm. So, I mean, there's a lot happening in that area. And I think even airlines um, are looking at ways to reduce and recycle. Yes. And um, that had site was certainly a, a, a good example of that. Well, I, um, I actually So that's use... what I'm doing today. I'm going to be all recycling and, and talking about, you know, natural uh, health and organic and looking at ways to improve retail around that space. Yeah, I actually use a, a, a cosmetics brand that allows you to buy refills. So rather yeah, than... Yeah, this is the whole thing. Mm, yeah. so rather than so buying a whole other tub. Brand. Yeah, exactly. I, I buy perfume that you can refill, and mm. I've been doing yeah, that for years. and there's a brand that's just introduced refills as well, like in bulk refills you go into the stores. I mean, it's good if you've got your own stores and people can do that, and they can actually take it to a point where it's mm. uh, refilled or reused or repurposed. Um, but I think that's definitely a, a, an emerging trend that is here to stay. It's not a trend that's going to be part of our everyday life with consumables. Well, I'm sure you'll do a wonderful job of that, Catherine. You're an amazing presenter. I'm sure Looking you'll... Looking forward to it. You will, um, <laughs> you will have lots of amazing insights on that. But we're um, uh, going to sort of cross over now to our other little buddy over there. Are you going to hang on the line for a minute, Catherine, or do you want to you know, go downstairs sure. to breakfast? Oh, look, I'm just going to head up and have coffee, but um, <laughs> have a wonderful show, guys. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Catherine. We'll have you back in the studio yeah. next week. See you. See you, darling. Bye. Pete. Here he is, Mr. Pete Hilkey. Well, good morning, and yes, it is about food. About food. You've had a busy couple of days, and you've still got a busy day ahead of you, haven't you? Where have you been? What have you been doing? Well, look, it's all about the Good Food and Wine Show. Mm. So, obviously, there Friday, Saturday, there after this show today, Mm -hmm. up until 5 o'clock this afternoon, so it's going to be a big one. Yeah, and it is a big, it's one of the big major events in Melbourne every year. Obviously, a lot of Melburnians are, you know, foodies, and we all like it. And we, I think we all safely can safely say we all love our food and drink. Oh, we are such a cafe culture here, oh, and coffee culture. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're actually doing uh, an oyster, uh, oyster bar with a sashimi mm. installation with the, in conjunction with the uh, convention centre, which is absolutely awesome. Wow, oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be fantastic. But the question I have, okay, so I was thinking about this during the week and I mentioned to you this the other day, food festivals and etiquette. So this is my biggest, one of my biggest issues whenever I've been to, it's even markets as well. You know, when you go to a gourmet, you know, country market or something like this, it's the same thing. It's the whole double dipping of your sourdough bread into olive oil or into the chutneys. So... I, you know, it's just, I think there is there should be certain standards that should be upheld. All right. I'm, I'm going to drop one thing in. We'll get to double dipping. We'll get to double dipping. <laughs> okay. What do you want to go with this? The next time somebody runs over my toe 
with a trolley <laughs> at the Good Food and Wine Show. I'm going to take that trolley and we're going to go for a nice little stroll down the road. So we're not talking about supermarket trolleys, though. People aren't doing their grocery no, no, shopping at the Good Food and no, Wine Show. Oh, no, but I can tell you right now, this is just absolute, oh, this is absurd. You know, Friday, Friday at the Good Food and Wine Show, they like to give away a lot of samples. Yes. Right. Honestly, people, Pension Day has nothing <laughs> on that. Absolutely nothing on it. You got people walking around with trolleys, and mark my word on this, they're pulling them around. They're, these things are chock a block full of tins of this. What? Don't people put food in their pantries and then they go to this show, they fill it up and go, I've got enough tinned whatever for the next 12 months. It is amazing how when you go to a food festival or a market, um, it is probably the only time that I could be convinced that paying $20 for a block of chocolate is a great idea because you can't live without the artesian, artsy-fartsy chocolate that they've produced for this festival. (laughs) So all of a sudden you're in there. And when normally I'm quite happy with either just a normal, plain, you know, dark chocolate, bit of fruit and nut here and there, you know, something a little bit, you know, a little bit different for some texture. But all of a sudden I can be convinced that flower petals sitting on top of a block of chocolate and paying $25 for the privilege is something I just can't live without. Well, oh, gee, you know, there's so much I could say, but I just know. I'm not going to pay $25 for this tiny little bit of brioche with a little bit of seafood in it and it's got (laughs) absolutely no taste whatsoever. And I, you know, if you can't season something, don't even let anybody eat it. Ouch. (laughs) I mean, seriously, uh, look, there's a lot of great installations there. Really great one. There's the whiskey. Oh, oh, hello. There yeah. you go. Hello. Where there we, we go. You, Jack? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I thought of you yesterday. Right. Oh. I thought of you yesterday <laughs> because I'm actually going to get some smoked whiskey from them today because we're doing the oyster bar there. Yes. Right. And oysters with a bit of smoked whiskey, but the oyster shots with a Bloody Mary. Oh, my God. Thank yeah. you very much. I love everything you just said. That sounds yeah. awesome. And were they single malt whiskeys? Yeah, single malts. <gasps> So, you know, and that's what you want. You want something that's vibrant, it's out there. Yeah. Minus the trolleys. Minus the trolleys and minus the double dipping. Well, it's going to get Keep your hands to yourself, people. Now, but, but hang on. I need to ask you this question. Now, I'll, I'm going to ask Helen this one. <laughs> oh, okay. Go on, for on it. On the spot, darling. Now, here you go. In my hand, it looks like a pen. But let's say it's a breadstick. You've got a dip and you go one side in, bunch. Now, can you you go the other side? No, no. That is not correct etiquette. I'm sorry. You cannot. I know it it just looks like double dipping. Yeah, no. That is... No, yeah. wrong. I would not go near that little dish again. What about your just fingers, your finger? No, your fingers, <laughs> your fingers were on that other side of the bread. And where have your fingers been? But what, um, what about oh. if I went like that? No. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I think we can safely say there is to be no double dipping, that you need to share, no, double dipping. no pinching all the samples. And definitely no trolleys. Get rid of the trolleys. Ban the trolley. Oh, you're listening oh. to The Breakfast Table this morning. We'll be back shortly. This is The Breakfast Stable on SEM Plus. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to The Breakfast Stable. My name's Jack Muller, and we now have friends have joined us in the studio, haven't we, Pete and Helen? We're not sitting here on our own. It's nice. It is nice. It's a full room now. We like it. (laughs) We've got with us this morning uh, Lee Chan, who's joined us. Good morning, Lee. It's nice and cosy in here. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure. We're going to be chatting to you in a little while regarding some 
crazy food trends that you've been mm. studying <laughs> the last little while. Yep. Um, and we also have with us in the studio this morning, former AFL player and CEO of the Love Me, Love You Foundation, Lance Piccioni. Good morning, Lance. Good morning, Stable. How are we? Yeah, thank We're you. Good. Well, we haven't been called Stable, stable. before. Stable. That's, uh, that's a bit cool. Are you Stable? You're not Stable, but <laughs> yeah, you are <actually>. a Stable. <laughs> we call each other Stable Mates. Stable Mates. <laughs> yes, let's just think about that. Wow. Um, we're very happy to have Lance in. He's, he does an amazing job. Um, you obviously had a an AFL football career back there at the end of the 90s and in early to mid-2000s. And uh, from that, you have also created the Love Me, Love You Foundation. So you obviously, you know, being a young footballer, you had to move. I think your first club was with Adelaide, wasn't it? So you had to move to Adelaide. Yeah, which was an interesting experience in itself. Okay. so talk people that have been to Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, we've yeah. gone straight yeah, for the yeah, jugular. Yeah. So as a young guy um, having to obviously move away from family, uh, what was that like? Uh, it, was a, it was a different experience because obviously the dream of when growing up was to play AFL. You, mm. know, you did whatever you possibly could to, to get that uh, achieve that sort of dream. And mm. being drafted to Adelaide at the time, they'd just come off the premiership. Mm. Um, you know, so it was sort of going into a time there um, where Adelaide, was they were the kings. Mm. Um, and, you know, Malcolm Blight was you know, one of the greatest uh, coaches of all time um, and, and players. Um, and, you know, being sort of led by him in that experience. But I think um, the whole issue around me going to Adelaide and leaving family mm. w- became quite an issue, um, mm. you know, because having sort of um, dealt with some serious mental health challenges growing up in my teenage years, mm. uh, it became a real issue when I was uh, didn't have that sort of body connection, that yes. sort of real personal connection, day-to-day connection that I um, was able to, you know, was allowing me to sort of get through my days yes. uh, from my family. Because um, yes. I come from a pretty strong-valued, like most people, uh, mm. come from a strong-valued family. Mm. Um, and, you know, my mum's at the time and still is, you know, my, my number sort of number one, I'm a bit of a mummy's boy, but mm. it's, um, you know, that experience of going over there was, it was a different sort of experience and it sort of led me down a bit of a tricky path, let's mm. just say that. Yeah, so, so then, so you ended up playing for three clubs, didn't you? I did. Yeah, got around, shared the love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I don't see the point in being a one club player. It's about uh, about sharing that love and sort of trying to make my impact there everywhere. So, so you went from Adelaide to Hawthorne. Yeah, yep. went to Hawthorne. Spent five years there, which was amazing. You know, um, you know, I was playing every week and doing all all the right things, and everything was happening. And um, you know, back to the back to Melbourne, which was even nicer. Um, back to that sort of uh, family and friendship network that I yes. was really relying on and most of us rely on to get through. Um, but, you know, the experiences of playing in Hawthorne were amazing, but it was still, um, you know, through my whole AFL career, because of my experiences as a junior in my teenage years in mm-hmm. terms of that uh, undiagnosed anxiety challenges that I was okay. dealing with, um, you know, it became a real sort of issue because of a lot of destructive behaviours. Um, as soon as I'd sort of get myself ahead, um, you know the the destructive behaviours come back into it and sort of uh, sort of put me that pull me down a few pegs. You know. Yeah. So so did you? Can you see how uh, the AFL has changed and how they're managing um, bringing on new young players and particularly maybe those kids that have to move interstate um, to play for their first club? Can you see that shift and in yeah. the difference between when you started and now? Yeah, most definitely. Well, when I started, it was twenty years ago. <laughs> mm. So I hope they've been changed. Yes. Um, but uh, there is a lot more resource and um, support around and transitioning uh, these youngsters into uh, the, the system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is the, the problem that we're having is that the over, average AFL career of someone that gets drafted is two and a half years. 
Okay, so mm. everyone, they you know, put your, all your efforts and your systems and you know, all your resources as, as a person, as an individual into, you know, getting drafted and, and mm. playing AFL and it's the dream that comes through to think that you're going to play for 10 years and mm. everything's going to be okay. Um, but then you're out of the system, you know. Just so, as quickly. Just as quickly as mm. you get in. So, mm. um, you know, and but there's, you know, there's trends that are coming now that, they're looking, you know, so Brisbane, they, they sort of drafted um, a couple of guys, a couple of the players there, they drafted that were mates sort of growing through, you know, mm-hmm. the teenage years. So, you know, the, to create that ability for that connection to keep that support system in place as yes. opposed to just getting an interstate come in, mm-hmm. um, you know, because m- majority of them, um, a high percentage, do sort of go back to their home states. But that's just the nature of the beast. Yes. So after your career, so you finished at, at North. North Melbourne. Yes. Yeah, I did my community service at North Melbourne. <laughs> 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 Club. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. So, so you finished at North and then, so what then led you, so you had a little bit of time then between then and obviously when you started the foundation. Yeah, a long time. So I was a, uh, I didn't work for a long time, mm. uh, for a little while. I was uh, sort of in and out of sort of silly jobs, um, but I was, I was partying a fair bit mm. and that sort of with my career, I was a full-time party boy mm-hmm. for that stage, and had time, had money, and mm. had some uh, some issues and challenges that I was trying to run away from. Mm. Um, you know, then I was a personal trainer for about six years uh, full-time in the, in the city, um, which was which was great because uh, it was you know the health world was still my thing, and you know I loved the gym, and I still like you know, I'm at the gym every day uh, now mm. nowadays. Um, but then it's uh, yeah, I um, I nearly lost my leg um, from a knee injury and. Mm. Um, Nearly eight years ago, now so it's um so I had a sort of ruptured the patella off the bone and had my kneecap halfway up my leg, which was a sort of cool party trick. Um, <laughs> but then an infection came from that, and then had a whole range of issues that sort of followed that. And they, um, and then uh, yeah, and that was sort of led me to my uh, darkest points of life. And um, so I nearly uh, you know, attempted suicide in 2011, end of 2011, and and came off from those conversations that I had following that and getting my support that I needed. Um, from the people around me and the professional health services um, led me to a point going, okay, what more can I do about it? And mm. I thought, okay, well, I got my, uh, got my crew together and you know, we started the foundation. That's so, amazing, yeah. yeah. And the work that you do in the community, raising awareness around um, the idea that it's okay to discuss issues around mental health um, is amazing. You do a lot of work in schools, don't you, and community groups? Yeah, we, we go all over the shop now. So we, our programs go from anywhere from 8 to 80 pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a whole range of education programs, well-being programs, support pathways. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, we're running campaigns every month. Um, it's you know, it's an, it's it's, an, it's a real sort of challenging space to be in because mm. it's um you know the mental health as a concept um, is quite complex for a lot of people. Yes. Um, but what we're hopefully ho- hopefully what we're doing is just positively educating everybody that we come into contact with to make sure that. We understand what those mental health challenges are, mm. um, you know, because the earlier we can identify that process um, for people, um, the, the easier it is in terms of making a more flourishing sort of state of mind and mm. ability to connect into your everyday. And this month is men, Men's Health? Men's Health, health Month, health. yeah. Petey, so, there you are. You've been on a health kick the last... You know, yeah, look, <laughs> uh, look, absolutely, been on a health Sorry kick. Sorry, I didn't mean but, to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but the actual interesting thing is, I, I think I just wrote one word down, pressure. Yep. I think pressure has become so um, so big these days for so many people. And I think working nine to five, that doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. No, no definitely. So there is a lot of pressure, there's expectation and what society is throwing at, at people nowadays um, to, to try and be the one, to try and get ahead. Um, everyone's competing with each other so much as opposed to um, 
what we try to help people understand is around the collaboration that actually makes you every, everyone lift as opposed to try and compete to make just you lift. Um, you know, the, the financial pressures that are, that are associated with life these days is taking a real toll. Um, yeah, and you know, absolutely. there's still that sort of, um, the cultural belief around, you know, we talk about men's health month, that the cultural belief around that the male is the, the breadwinner, you know, that's yeah. the one, that's the pressure, that's what they do. Um, but what we help them understand is that if we're all doing this together and making sure we lift each other up, mm. um, no matter what the position is, um, that we're all going to be a lot better off. And I've just had, I've just had this quick conversation with a few people about this, um, talking about you coming in. And it's really, you know, guys need to actually open up with other guys as well and have that conversation that if you're having that bad day, like being a chef, working in the industry, there's a lot of that that goes on in the kitchens. There's a lot of things, you know, a a lot of men are ashamed to talk about it. And I think that's now with what you're doing, the work you're doing, you're trying to lift that as well to say it's okay. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, But the issue we're having is that it's um, men men do talk. They just have a different way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what we, we help them understand around the, the different positions or the, the environments that they can um, have those conversations. You know, a male conversation in terms of actually talking about things that are, are, are serious to them and the challenges that they might be going through, um, the, the conversations they need to have are actually not eye-to-eye contact uh, conversations. A male will, will have a much better conversation and feel safe in their environment if they're actually not having to look a person in the eye. And that is fine. Okay, so yeah. they talk about um, the best place to have a conversation from male to male is actually driving in a car. Okay, because the concentration is somewhere else. So you're actually moving forward. So the worst place to have a conversation is the pub. The pub. Well, you know, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> you get four beers deep, you sort of open up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Tears so, um, come out. Yeah, yeah they all come out. But you know, it is having a coffee. It yeah. is like having a one-on-one coffee, sitting at top, across a table from each other, looking each other in the eye. You get into a comfortable, uncomfortable situation, and you need to be as as comfortable as possible to be able to have that sort of conversation. Because, as you said, the, the challenges that we're, we're facing um, around men's health, um, in particular, is that it's not what we're saying. It's not what we're saying. It's just how we're sort of feeling that we can say it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's look. You're doing amazing work, and the website is theloveme.loveyou.org.au. Lance, would you like to hang around with us for a little while? Love to. Okay, great. You're listening to the Breakfast Table. This is The Breakfast Stable on SEN+. Good morning. You're listening to The Breakfast Stable. It's 7.51 Sunday morning and I'm here with my stable mates. Helen Reiser, you've brought a special guest in today. I have indeed. Lee Chan is coming in to talk about food video trends on YouTube and Instagram. Lee Chan, who I've known for quite a few years. We all know her from My Kitchen Rules. She made it through to the grand final on Channel 7 and was also a presenter on Coxie's Big Break and a presenter on uh, Channel 10's Australia Travel Show, Just Go, and Channel 7's A Movable Feast. And we're so excited to have you here because you do, you did host your own show. I did. Which was, which was in 80 countries around the world on National Geographic Asia. And, um, and this year it's reached our shores on SBS Food. Lee Chan's World Food Tour. That's I love me. that. <laughs> Welcome, darling. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Right. Well, we, you are here to discuss the latest food trend, seeing as you're such a foodie. Yes, I am. I feel like a bit of like comic relief after that last segment where it was so serious. Yes. But I'm here to make you laugh. So there's, um, we're here to talk about food video trends, which is, there's a few things getting a bit like out of hand. It's a bit... Um, 
Well, we had a good laugh this week when you were telling us about some well, of them. Well, hey, let's Pete. talk about oh, food you. video trends like to start with and what they are. I mean, mm. obviously there's the extremes um, of, you know, cooking and, uh, you know, putting together like cheeseburger casseroles and things like that. But it's sort oh. of moved on to... <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no, like there's some weird the, stuff. It's the excess food. But obviously mm. there's, there's more to that. And, and food video trends, they come up all the time. Uh, I want to talk about one that is specifically that's I think it's <laughs> going to stay. Um, so let's talk about food video trends and, and some of the weird ones mm-hmm. to start off with. Oh, um, please tell us. Oh, my God. There's some <laughs> – yeah. So have you heard of bread facing? Bread, bread facing. facing. Oh, yes. What the hell is that? It is quite literally people taking videos of themselves planting their face oh. into bread bread slowly and massaging the bread with their face um it's weird and yet people watch it and that's why they do it and that's you know it's weird i'm assuming that these people aren't celiacs (laughs) 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 they're not not actually eating it so i was gonna say well are they people who are celiacs who feel this is the only connection to bread they'll ever have (laughs) Maybe. Facial, maybe it's it's doing something great for their maybe. skin. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's um, and then there's quite a few things. I mean, there's uh, the cheese in baby face challenge. You know, where you throw cheese at your baby's face and <gasps> it sticks, and the reaction on the kid's no, face—it's no. hilarious. That's taken off a little bit. That's... Why would you throw cheese at your baby's face? <laughs> because it's because it sticks. <laughs> And then you see the reaction where they're just like, what is this on my face? Is that a bit like when they used to give babies lemons and they'd watch their reaction? We know how they oh, shut yeah. up. Yeah, that's so actually, that's that's actually a, quite that funny. That was a food trend and that was hilarious. That was funny. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, or like food ASMR. Have Ooh. we heard of that? No. Uh, yeah. So ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response and it quite literally is just people eating in front of a microphone and it's all just whispers just, yeah. And chewing. So if you hate the sound of chewing, Don't. stay away from ASMR videos. Oh, see, now uh, that's one thing I can't stand. <laughs> I can't stand. My darling wife teases me with that. She just sit there and do that. And I sort of, what, what, as in, Vic will just stand there and make really loud chewing noises. Yeah. It's just, it's just because she knows you don't like it. Vicky, yeah. Hil- Vicky Hilker, you've just been outed on television. Yeah, no, on radio. No. <laughs> don't, don't go to Asia. <laughs> That's not going to help you. <laughs> okay, so um, what else you got? Okay, so now it comes to, you know, this huge food trend, a video trend called mukbang. Okay, can I, can I just say, mm. don't go to the ultimate extreme on that one. I'm not going to Good, because it's you. because it's quite graphic. <laughs> even yeah, if you yeah, have to talk yeah, about yeah, it, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but so it it started in South Korea and it literally translates as uh, eating and broadcast. Uh, and I feel like so what happened was in South Korea, you know, a lot of businessmen they um, alone and. You know, they feel like they're when they're eating alone, it just it doesn't make them feel good. So these YouTube bloggers, they would cook up a feast and they put it all up in front of the camera and they would live stream them eating all this food. And there's always large amounts of food. And I think people feel connected to, I don't know, watching someone else eat with them while they're having dinner. And it's really popular because... They have like millions of subscribers. There was one I saw. There was, um, I think it could have been a China, a little Chinese boy or something. Yeah. And he was quite a, a big little boy. But uh, the food, the plates of food were I, enormous. I, I don't want to fat shame, but, you know, huge. Like, yeah. and, yeah. and it's adorable. 
but you know, there's there's obviously health issues health surrounding issues. that. But you know, but people watch it, and, is, is and there's this a new trend in Australia. Has it come to it Australia is, at all? <laughs> so it's starting. <sighs> this is why I'm here. <laughs> I have started to notice it on Instagram and YouTube. Like a lot of food bloggers are. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of guilty of it a little bit. Uh, I well, don't know. Is watching it or actually creating? Creating it. it. I don't know why I'm doing it, but. I'm intrigued by it and, you know, from a social media perspective, people do watch it. It is a, a hashtag that has been looked up a lot and people are, you know, looking up this hashtag and watching these videos and, and liking and mm. commenting. Mm. It's There's an engagement there. Well, I think, I mean, I love watching the Food Network or the Food Channel. Mm. Like, And there is something a little bit hypnotic about watching people try food that have, that, that's been cooked or whatever. They're doing a show on the junk, the US junk food shows. I just find it's like a train wreck. You really, you can't help but look at well, it because the size yeah. of those hamburgers and the ribs and yeah. things that they eat. Oh, exactly. And I, most of the time I just sit there going, how can you put this stuff into your body? Mm. I suppose that's kind of along a similar line in terms of the fascination. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, I it's slightly it makes me slightly uncomfortable to <laughs> to watch someone else eat, but you know, people have well, there's been mixed responses with what I do on my Instagram. Some people love it, some people go, "Oh, that's a bit weird," but sure, you do it. And I don't think they know why it's weird. Like, you know, you can't put your hand on it. It's like, you know, like is it a little bit sexual? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, so I'm just sitting back. I'm listening to all this, and but you know, I'm I understand what you're saying because in a way, if you look at social media, the evolution of where everything's going, people are looking for something different. Yeah, and they look for that something different. And I suppose this is where mukbangs really come into itself because it's like how far can you push people? Mm. Right, before someone actually just goes, oh, no, that's just too far. And then all of a sudden the next trend will come in in the next few years. But I understand because, see, I I think you look at social media and once you start to engage with your listeners to to the people that are commenting on your posts, eventually if you continue on the same path, people will drop off because it's a bit boring. So you bring out something more exciting. What do you... It's the shock value. Yeah. You know, it's like how can we we shock them again? And with... The mukbang videos, the only food they'll do is, you know, things that are visually appealing. So yes. really cheesy things. Yes. Seafood where they have to get their hands into it. And I actually, I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of mukbang videos with like a knife and fork. So it's not proper at all. People are eating steak. <laughs> oh, People are like eating steak with their hands. You know, oh, I, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's really. I'm sorry, that's just bad manners. <laughs> but that's you can bad. see, you can actually see Lee Chan's proper beautiful uh, foodie, uh, because being a food presenter, mm-hmm. on uh, uh, Lee Chan's YouTube channel, Lee Chan's Cravings, or on Instagram at underscore Lee Chan underscore. Oh, yes, Thank they're not you. eating videos, though. Just Google the lovely Lee Chan. That's yeah. what I did. Yes. And she pops up everywhere. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Stablemates, for joining us uh, this you. morning. We're going to see you all next Sunday morning with the rest of the team. Hope Absolutely. everyone has a wonderful Sunday. You've been listening to The Breakfast Stable.